Hello, and welcome to The Reset, a mental health podcast without all the bollocks. I'm Sam Delaney. My guest this week is the anonymous social media phenomenon XWHU employee, or as he's more conveniently known, simply X. X is someone who's been able to build a living out of his online profile as a football insider, but who's also had to suffer the downsides of social media notoriety in the form of trolls. Most of us have had to take a bit of shit on social media. I know I have. It's easy to play it down as banter, but sometimes I know it can really affect your mental health pretty badly. In X's case, the stick from fellow football fans can be incessant and personal. I wanted to know how he coped with all of it and was really pleased when he agreed to come on the pod to talk about it with me. Don't worry, this isn't all about West Ham or football. It's about something we all need to be more aware of, the real human impact of online abuse. I hope you enjoy listening to our chat. X, welcome to The Reset. Thank you, mate. Great to be here. Um, mate, let's start, uh, take you back a bit, however many years it's been, to when you first sort of became what's known as an ITK. What, what, how did that come about and what, what made you decide to start doing that sort of thing on social? So about it was about 12 years ago i was um working in my my previous job and i was reading all these itks on on twitter and they were saying things and i was thinking that's not true i know that that's not happening that's that, you know to swear on this podcast of course uh oh good brilliant so i was like yeah that's not true i i know that's rubbish and i'd say to my mates what the, what the hell is he talking about i know that is rubbish so anyway eventually my mate said well what if you know so much why don't you do it and this sort of light bulb moment came at that point and i was like okay maybe maybe i will and i thought you know can, can i be asked can i be bothered and i thought let's give it a go and i needed a name to stand out i thought i could put call myself west ham source or west ham itk or whatever and it's just not original so i thought well let me think about this i did used to do a bit of work for the club and most of the people i speak to are ex-employees hence the name anyway so i went on i went on twitter and i was like i remember the first thing i broke and i'd heard it a couple of weeks before was that joe cole you know many of your listeners may have heard of him from england and fame and chelsea fame and so on Um, he um he was coming back to west ham which is a big story because obviously he started his career at west ham so the first thing i put out was joe cole will return to west ham from liverpool in the start of the january transfer window and obviously that happened so that got me a bit of attention and then i did the next one i think from memory it was george mccartney maybe can't remember exactly but it was someone else coming back and i and i put that out and it happened so i built up a bit of a reputation and within about a week i had a thousand followers and i was like okay that's that's interesting so so let's see how far this can go over the january transfer window then i got up to about two thousand three thousand followers i was like wow and i thought right i need to quit now this is stupid it's taking over my life and stuff but then it just became almost like a curiosity to see how far it could go and i'm still here now 12 years <laughs> on i mean at, <laughs> at that time i mean now effectively as we'll get on to it's become part of your career but at the time i yeah. suppose it sounds to me like you started it for fun uh slightly out of frustration at the you know having to read the bollocks that was being being put out was yeah. there a, any hint in your mind of like addiction when it when you started to see the response you got and the rapid growth of followers? I mean, there must have been a buzz in that, right? 
Yeah, 100%, mate. I think so, because, you know, when you call that transfer right and you are the only one, so to speak, in the football world that's called it right or the first one to call it right, and people start saying, oh, this guy knows what he's talking about, especially it was like, you know, about the club that I love, you know, the club that you love, West Ham, and I was getting recognition for actually knowing a lot about my club. It started to feel quite good. You start to think, wow, this is actually really exciting that people are thinking, yeah, he's the man to listen to, because not only could I present, you know, things like that, who West Ham are going to sign or Ever, I could also give my opinions at the same time. So people were listening to my, you know, my facts, so to speak, but also listening to my opinions. And it was nice to get that kind of audience. Yeah. And as it started to grow, there was that almost addiction like, oh, I only got, I don't know, 50 followers today. Let's see if I can get 100 tomorrow. And it became a bit of a, yeah, a bit like a game to see how many I could get in a short space of time. And had you been on social media, like, had you had a Twitter account before you started this? I had, yeah, and I've still got it, actually. I've still got my original Twitter account lurking there, and I occasionally go back to it. I've got 70 followers, and it's, right. actually, quite, it's actually quite refreshing to be honest, and I think half of them aren't even on Twitter anymore anyway. Um, so, it's, uh, yeah, I did have one, and that's how I knew about these rumours. I'd see them on Twitter, and I'd mm. just think, that's rubbish, that's rubbish. And, um, yeah, and to be fair, it, it, I never envisaged it would be my full-time job 12 years later, but, uh, yeah, it's been a bit of a roller coaster in between, but it's, uh, yeah, it's strange looking back on how it all started it all started kind of like a tongue-in-cheek dare and now to think it's become a job you know i worked i went to university twice i'm more academic than i actually sound i think and uh, and I'd, uh, i um i worked hard to get where i got in my career and yet now what i do now requires none of those qualifications whatsoever all it requires is me to know about west ham and to be able to log into twitter and do podcasts and yeah it's, it's strange how my career mapped out in the end do you, uh, what was the first point though? You know, when you, 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 I can imagine you getting this buzz. If you've been on Twitter anyway and you've got a relatively small account and then suddenly you do something else and you're going into the thousands very, very quickly, I can totally see that buzz. But what was the first point at which you thought to yourself, hang on, there's gonna, there's gonna be a downside to this. This, this could have a negative impact on me in, in a way. What, what were the first signs of that? Well, the first signs were at first, because I was calling everything right, it was really positive that it was when I started to maybe be slightly less precise on things because I was trying to do lots of different rumours. And so some of the ones I was saying I didn't know were definitely going to happen. And then people started, there were journalists as well, started to get a little bit, I guess, not jealous of the account, but maybe wary of it. And he started to read these negative comments. And I'd say, I'd say people say, I'd see people saying, you know, he doesn't know what he's talking about. He's guessing he's a blagger. And I think, no, I'm not. I know, I know this has come from this person. I know what I'm doing here. And it was the resi- I had to try and resist biting back. And then the bigger you've be- you become, the more you get it. And it, it just, it, at first, when I started to get negative comments, I took it personally. So I thought, I'm not doing anything wrong here. And it did start to make me think, gosh, you know, people are quite cruel on social media you know at at this point I no one knew me I was just a name on Twitter no one had heard my inverted common strange voice nobody had anything else to have a go at me for other than this account Uh, but already people were starting like you know we're going to find out who you are you're you're bullshitting this is a load of rubbish and and I and I'd never experienced that before because all I'd had before was like I said a very small Twitter account and a Facebook account whereas thankfully on Facebook you know everyone and no one tends to abuse you directly directly in your circle mm. of friends yes, is yeah. when you get it's when you get bigger obviously when you've got people on your face that you don't actually know um so yeah it became a bit of an issue then and i used to really 
you know, worry about that at the time, but not to the point. I then did a few years later when it started to get more personal. It's, uh, you know, I, I have some experience of knowing like what that's like when, when, you know, when you do things publicly, you know, my career as a broadcaster, you sort of feel as if you get the, I used to get the buzz of coming off air and seeing all the compliments, but there'd always be some people who'd have a dig at you mm. and you think they can do it because of the anonymity um, they can do it because, you know, it, maybe it's motivated by jealousy. I'm sure in your case, it, it was motivated by jealousy of people thinking that you were establishing yourself as this sort of, not just someone who was in the know, but, you know, having a bit of kudos amongst, uh, uh, you know, a, a community of West Ham fans and people get kind of jealous of that. Did you think at any point, listen, what I'm doing here is a lot of legwork because I know you put, especially these days, but I'm sure even back then you put a lot of work and you 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 approach it um, with a lot of journalistic rigor. For someone who isn't a career journalist, you you actually apply a lot more journalistic rigor than a great many professional journalists I know to your stories. So you're putting this hard work in. You've got a busy, successful career as well, and a family. You know, why didn't you think at some point, well, if people are going to be dicks about it, I don't need to do this. I'm providing a service for free. It's a, it's a really good question, man. I often ask myself that. Reflecting back, um, I think, yeah, it, it, I just, it just became the point where it, it was nice to get that recognition. Like you say, nice to see how far I could take it. And you're right about those comments. When, you, when you've when you been on the air yourself, you might get 20, 30, 40 amazing comments, but it'll be that one negative comment yeah, out of all of yeah. those that will stick in your mind. And the amount of times I tried to tell myself, but you've got 30 good ones there and one bad one. It, it, I don't know, it's human psychology. Maybe I couldn't look beyond that one comment. And, I, and it did play on my mind and it did get to points where I thought you know you know what fuck this I'm not going to bother doing this anymore but then I'd hear a story and I'd know that I was the first to have it and I'd know that it was genuine and I'd have that urge to put that story out again and it was it was because I felt like I was doing it like I was helping West Ham fans you know when I when I was a kid I don't know if you remember I'm sure you do but club call you know you used to have to call up this number it was a premium rate phone number you'd call up and you'd get your West Ham news and they'd play the West Ham song I'm forever blowing bubbles for the first three minutes and then the the president the presenter would go hello welcome (laughs) (laughs) and try try stretch it out for as long as possible my 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 brother, the Spurs fan brother, yeah. you know, I, you know, I, I, I prefer not to talk about that too <laughs> yeah. much, but it was very funny because in those days, he used to get home, he lived in this flat on his own, he'd get home pissed and call up Tottenham Team Talk to, for, to get transfer news or whatever. <laughs> and on more than one occasion, he would do it lying on his bed pissed, having a bit had a night out, wake up in the morning. And he said, I'd wake up and the first voice I'd hear in my ear would be that of David Howells talking talking about like the new training facilities. And I'd be hung over and be, what what the hell's happening here? And then I realised that it'd been on all night and I'd basically done about a grand on Tottenham team. God, that is an awful hangover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he used to happen a lot too. It cost him a fucking fortune. Blimey. Well, I'm Um, I'm pleased to say I never fell asleep during it, but what I did have to do towards the end, my parents used to say to me, you've got to stop calling these lines. But because I wanted to know West Ham news and I wanted to be able to go into school and say to my mates, oh, West Ham are signing this man or whatever, that became addictive as well. And, and, you know, I had to actually lie to my parents and say I was calling... (laughs) 
ladies of the night rather than West Ham. Yeah. <laughs> because I, it actually saved me my uh, more well, you go, no, no, It's all right, Dad. It's just sex life. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because he'd, bad. <laughs> yeah, because he'd warned me to stop calling club call and I couldn't. So that was a, that seemed a better excuse at the time. Well, you know, you make a good point and there might be people listening to this who aren't football fans and might not know, but the the you know, the game itself can be addictive, but also the news around it, the soap opera that surrounds the actual sport of football is in itself addictive. And it always has been, as you say, you know, when I was young, I was the same. You're either on the phone lines or you're on teletext or you're picking up tiny scraps of gossip in the papers because the papers didn't even really focus on it as much as they do now. And, you know, social media is just sort of fed that addiction because it is like a soap opera and we all want to know what's happening in it and we want credibility. And, and that's why someone like yourself has built such a big following and a reputation and, um, and you know, and I, you know, I'm, I'm 47 years old, mate, and I'm still checking to see your updates or whatever gossip I can get, especially in the summer when there's no actual football to watch. This is a very real thing for people of all ages and you are caught in the middle of it. But what I'm interested in is that it's been good to you, but it's also had bad sides that not everyone has seen because the bigger your following became and the bigger your reputation I suppose the more shit was flung at you as well. Is that right? Oh, 100%, mate. I mean, as you say, it's been very good to me. I can't sit here and, and say how bad it's been the whole time. It has been very good. You know, it's enabled me to meet heroes of mine, enabled me to do events, enabled me to go to, you know, America. We did an event in Los Angeles and Las Vegas. We've done that twice now. Um, it's enabled me to have opportunities that I never would have had. So it is important for me to state there uh, on the whole, it has been very good. But you're right, there is a side of it that is really damaging. And, you know... The bigger you get, as you say, the more people talk about you. It's natural, you know, the more famous someone is, the more people talk about them. So the bigger the following I've got, there's more people to talk. And what is frustrating with social media media is it's so unregulated. So anyone can set up a Twitter account in an anonymous name and send you a message and people tell you not to read it. But when it comes in your notifications, it's very hard not to. You've got forums out there as well, a bit more old school, but there's forums out there where people do the same. One of the forums, I'm not going to name the name of it, has a, a column at the top and it says, anxiety, depression, we're here for you. And then underneath that, more often than not, it'll be fucking can't stand X as the next thread and a load, and a load of people abusing yeah. me and, and you know yeah. the more I've become in the public guy in the sense that I do podcasts now mm. so people have heard my voice you know people will take the, the piss out of that because I go to the games with my co-host Dave and he's very recognisable but people see me at the, the games and they see me at the events um, so you know I'll get stuff about my appearance as well now mm. I'll get stuff about my family I'll get stuff about everything really every really personal stuff and the worst thing is, is when you sit there online and you're reading it and it's just not true you're reading it and you're thinking that is absolute bollocks i never did that i never said that that's not even me half the time and you think how many 
you want to buy and you want to write back. But the problem is there's so many of them. If you wrote back to every single person, that would be a job in itself. So it's, it's, it's really frustrating. There's times I've sat there at night and I've been reading forums and, and I've even, I'll be honest, it got to the point where I don't know why it's almost like you become obsessed with wanting to know what people are saying. I would search my name on, mm. well, search my anonymous name on Twitter or on the internet. And I'd put something like, you know, XWHU employee wanker and then I'd be able to find like <laughs> then I'd be able to find about 15, 20 pieces calling me a wanker and I'd yeah. sit there at night and I'd think like, why am I reading this? But it was almost like impossible to stop it. And I would sit there and think, this is just awful. And to be honest with you, mate, the reason I stay anonymous now is to is because of the trolling. Originally it was because of my job and I didn't want there to be a clash between between the two. I wanted to keep the two lives separate. But now, now that I've left that job, the main reason is because if I start putting my picture out there, which a lot of people have seen anyway, but if I make it even more visible, that will be something else to attack me on. If people find out my name and maybe a bit about my background, that'll be something else to attack me on. So I try to keep that side away from me because, you know, I'm a sensitive person. I'm not going to, uh, um, you know, get away from that. I am. I've got Italian blood, so I'm quite, um, you know, naturally, um, genetically reactionary at times. And, you know, I, um, I, uh, I, I find it hard to get away from from the, that trolling side and people that listen to my podcast will hear occasionally I talk or I say occasionally people seem to think it's frequently frequently I'll talk about it because it's good to get it off my chest to people that I know sort of respect me and, and are on my side but it does really take over at times and I've I've been I've had to take myself off social media for three weeks so I was getting death threats at one point I had, I had a, a period of time about two or three years ago when West Ham were linked with a player and everyone I can't even remember who the player was now but everyone wanted us to sign him and I'd hinted that it was getting close and then as per with West Ham you'd have to be a bit of a West Ham fan to understand the context here's um, but as per with West Ham so it fell through right at the end we didn't offer enough money or something like that and everyone like took it out on me and like you said this player was coming you're a wanker you're a liar you're a bullshitter I'm going to make you pay for this and I was actually I was actually getting death threats for it so to the point I thought you know what this is getting stupid took myself off social media for three or four weeks and then all the rumours start that oh, the club's banned me or I've been arrested or something stupid like that and in the, in the end I just tried to learn to to get to try to switch off from it but it's much easier said than done so yeah I mean this it, you know I can I mean it, it sounds horrible mate and I have heard you talk about it on the pod and I've always sympathised and I've thought you know, it's a mad, there are all sorts of different communities with their own kind of rules and, and their own sort of uh, strange conventions on social media. And West Ham fans are probably not particularly different to a, a, any other group of football fans or anyone else, but it's the one that I'm familiar with and, and you're dealing with every day. And things are getting really over the top over matters that are ultimately quite trivial very quickly mm. how have you uh, do you think the answer to this is changing your own perspective because no matter how much you push back and try to you know emphasize to people that it, what your credentials are or or why they're being unfair it seems to me some people just don't change I mean this is just the way that they behave on social media and if it wasn't you they were attacking it would be someone else mm. I mean for instance, I suppose what I'm asking is, have you got over the phase of actually seeking this stuff out? 
Yeah, I've got a lot better, a lot better at that. I don't read forums anymore. I tend not to go on Facebook on the West Ham Way Facebook account. I allow someone else to do that for me. I tend to not really read much other than Twitter, and I do my best to avoid it. And, it, and the, the thing is, and this is the this is the sign of social media. Not once has someone ever said anything to my face. Now I know I'm anonymous, but enough people know who I am at away games and at, um, at the events and stuff. Not once has anyone ever said it to my face. Um, but on social media, you get it constantly, and I have got a lot better at it. And now a lot of the time, I'm able to look at them, and I just think, oh, well, you're obviously a loser, and I just can think of something in my head and just block them, and it doesn't really bother me. But there's occasionally one of them like you you'll see him he'll look like a normal fella or a normal lady they'll have a family they'll have kids they'll be going to West Ham games and then they'll and they'll have all these pictures of their family on there their name and everything and then you'll suddenly see them send you a message that will say you fucking wanker and, I, and then it's those ones that trigger me the most because I think you look like a normal person you don't look like you're set out to mm. deliberately be like that and I bet you wouldn't be like that in person on the street mm. so why are you like that in on social media but yeah, I have got a lot better, and I, and I worry for as the times evolve that obviously social media is going to continue to grow and grow and grow and grow, and there will be people that start off on this journey like I have. I mean, I was about thirty years of age when I started, so I had some you know life experience behind me. I had some ability to deal with pressure because of my previous job, and some ability to deal with criticism as well because the previous job you would get a lot of it. But I worry that there'll be young people starting out, seventeen year old. 18 year olds that do this you know it might not be football it could be you know gaming could be anything um that will get this kind of stick that i get and and wouldn't be able to deal with it as i have and as you have over your career and stuff and i worry about some of those people that what it could do to their lives and their you know their decisions going forward yeah i think that you know you say you thought you had life experience but it's akin in a way to being a celebrity it's a it's a type of fame albeit in like a particular sort of bubble a particular community i think now you know obviously you'll do we'll get onto how it came about but you do this full time uh, as a living and and you know you it's, it's not just anymore the the um the transfer stuff that you do you create content on a daily basis you're a content creator a publisher call it what you will just going full time, has it helped you sort of see yourself, you know, a little bit more as, listen, I'm just creating a service, I'm creating a product, people can buy it or not buy it, that's it. Has it, has it helped you to sort of remove yourself from it being so personal? That's what I, I see it as now, that I am not just this ITK for transfers. I, I think the quality of content that Dave and I and all the people that we work with yourself now um, is is top quality if you're into that thing. You know, if, if you're a West Ham fan and you want to get West Ham content, then what we provide for £5 a month um, is, is a good service. But you're right, that whole thing about abusing the Sun or the Guardian editors, that's the thing I find really confusing a lot of the people our biggest critics on twitter or wherever will say um why are you mugs paying five pound for that why are you paying five pound for that you mugs it's like the equivalent of going up to someone on the train who is reading the sun or whatever sitting next to them and, and going in their ear mate why the fuck are you buying that newspaper why are you buying it's a load of rubbish you're being conned mate like that no, no one would ever do that um but um they do that with our patron and i don't know what it is i think I think it is they want 
the content and they want it for free because I did it for free for 11 years. Not obviously the extent of content we're doing now, but a lot of what we did was for free for 11 years. And then due to family circumstances, I switched to Patreon and people don't want to pay that £5. So rather than admit I don't want to pay the £5, I want to see it, but I want it for free, they'd rather rubbish you and make out that it's crap and you're telling lies and the content's a load of rubbish then actually admit no i probably do want to pay it. i still want to pay that i just can't afford or don't want to pay the fiver and it's it is strange to have that but you're right i do see myself more so making content and i do actually hope one day for want of a better word but to use a football analogy i can retire from being an itk <laughs> i'd rather i'd rather just hang up my boots or hang up my twitter and log in and just concentrate on the west ham content um i have to say i mean you know in the 90s there were some fantastic west ham fanzines and it became huge there was fortunes always hiding over land and sea various others and people loved them and often you'd buy two or three at a home game because it'd be something to read on the tube on the way home and and it was a huge thing and i just think that podcasts are now the equivalent of that uh you don't get fanzines anymore um but content is being created by people like you and dave you know and and, it, and it's the same thing yet no one ever complained to gary Furmanger when he was selling it overland and sea outside the ground that he was taking the piss because he was charging money for it yeah exactly <laughs> mate i agree and that's one of my frustrations and that's what dave, dave and i often say to people you know we, it's exactly the same as gary Furminger. he did exactly the same thing but people see him as a bit of a, a west ham legend in some ways yeah. because he produced that fanzine he was very visible up on his you know on his step ladder outside the ground selling that um, magazine and it's the same thing what i think has happened is that some people and I understand it because I, even though it sounds hypocritical, I'm not the biggest fan of social media, aside from the fact that it obviously has enabled me to do what I do. But there's people that haven't almost moved with the times. They think that transfers should only be reported in the paper when it's happened. They think that people shouldn't be able to discuss football other than mm. down the pub. They they mm. haven't moved with the times. Social media is so dominant in football now and, and so important for it. You know, taking West Ham's captain and England player Declan Rice. I've seen him on about three or four different things this week where he's like talked about his upbringing or talked about the women's game and talked about various you know causes and it's all through social media it's, it's huge now but I think some people are almost stuck in the, the past where they don't want to admit that and would rather just slag it off than move with the times. Um, ultimately mate uh, this is something like I keep going back to that that you will have to, you know, I suppose it's your, it's all about your own mindset. It's never going to stop. What sort of, so you have to, you know, I guess over the years you get more, you get tougher, you get able to ignore it, you get able to have some perspective, rationalise it. What sort of support do you have around you though, mate? Because I'm sure there must have been very bleak times where the abuse has really got you down. Mm. Uh, have, you, have, you got, uh, have you got people around you who, who understand it? Because sometimes... I'll be honest, I've, you know, gone through the odd episode like this where we've sort of various different things that have happened to me on social media. And you can almost feel embarrassed to tell some people, yeah. well, yeah. I'm really miserable because a stranger said some bad things about me on <laughs> yeah. social media. Yeah. Uh, so how have you found that, reaching out for support? 
I must admit, mate, and I'll be completely honest with you, I've, I don't think I have got much support. The, the best support I've got is Dave, the person I do the mm. podcast with, because he sees a lot of what I get and he gets some of it. But comparatively, he gets about 5% to the 95% that I get. So mm. I don't think he sees the full picture of it. And people will say to you, you've got to stop reading it. You've got to take yourself away from it, but you can't avoid it. It's the, if you're going to promote your content, mm. you need to go on Twitter and then boom every time you log onto twitter it's there so i must admit there's been times i mean you know i've i was a slightly apprehensive about coming on this podcast myself to talk about because you know it's it's almost a taboo subject people think oh if you don't like it don't log in or if you don't want to hear it just get over it don't take attention these people are trolls they're not worth worrying about but you no matter how many times you try to tell yourself that it doesn't work and i i've spoke to players i've spoke to professional football players earning you know thousands and thousands a week and you say and i say to them you know do you read social media and and they're like yeah and i'm like does it affect you and they're like yeah you know Declan rice publicly said when he when England played Scotland in the the Euros, the, the last tournament, he didn't have his greatest game, so he actually had to delete himself from Twitter because he knew that he was going to get hammered, and he just didn't want to read it. And then by the end of it, he was people say he was player of the tournament, but it is so reactionary. You know, one bad game or one slightly inaccurate transfer rumor, or slightly slower than someone else on a transfer rumor, you get hammered, and there isn't. Because it's almost a new concept, you know, ITKs or being Twitter famous or whatever, Mm. there isn't that many people that can speak from experience. You're obviously one and there's other people out there. But really, in the grand scheme of the the world and my friends network, no one else does what I do. You know, my parents have never done it. My family have never done it. My close mates have never done it. So when when you tell them, they're a bit like, well, just don't log in. And it and yeah. it's see and it's like they've got that simple solution, but it isn't that simple. Especially now that that's become you know my job, and I do think there needs to be you know I don't mean to over dramatize it, but I do think in the future, as I alluded to earlier, there needs to be some sort of support around this for people that are going into this world. You know, if you were going to you know the acting world or you were going into any profession, you have unions, you have support, you yeah. know, work, you have people in there to support you. You have colleagues that know exactly what you're going through because they've been there too. In the social media world, it's very isolated at times and you don't have that support network. That's what I'm saying. I mean, you know, talking about, you know, celebrities, if you're going into pop music or or acting or TV presenting or anything, these people when they're young will have an agent, a Mm. publicist, you know, a, a lawyer, a producer, you know, all of these, a manager, all of these different people, and all of them are giving you help and advice and support. They're protecting you from the most extreme abuse. You know, sometimes they're stopping you from seeing it where they feel that that's possible and necessary, but they're also giving you the support and the advice you need at all times. And that's what I'm saying. You went into this without any of that. Mm. And also, like you say, you're in a unique position i do think there needs to be some kind of support given i mean at the moment thankfully i'm in a reasonably decent place of it all occasionally i'll get one that will really great on me i mean at the moment again i don't want to give him the glory but there's a a guy who's got his name he's got his family on his on his profile um he every day he says something even i've blocked him it will come on a different account or i'll see it or someone will send it to me occasionally you get mates that think they're doing you a favor by saying oh, have you seen yeah. what this guy said about you i've got mates 
mistakes yeah. like that. I've yeah. got mistakes like that, and I've really had to train them to just yeah. leave it out. Exactly, <laughs> and I think they're helping you out, but it really doesn't. And um, yeah, and and he goes on me every single day. Me and Dave um, actually bumped into him in Seville, which is um, you know, West Ham had a, a yeah. European game there. Yeah. We bumped into him out there, and Dave, to his credit, you know, being defensive with me, he's like my defensive older brother, even though I'm older than him. <laughs> um, and uh, and he sort of went out to him and you know said, listen, mate, you know, he wasn't aggressive about it, but what is the issue? You know, it's not right. Leave it out. And I mean, there's a, I'm not going to be nasty here, but there's a number of things I could say about that guy. There's a few things that would be easy to target if I wanted to, but mm. I haven't because I'm not that kind of person. And Dave spoke to me and said, look, mate, he's a decent fellow. He's right there. Say it to his face. And the guy was like, oh, yeah. Sorry, mate, it won't happen again. You know, I just got a bit carried away on him. We were like, okay, fine, no worries. And it stopped. It stopped for about two months. And then I've just noticed recently he's back on it again, mm. back on the same, the same comments, the same stuff. The other day I posted something about mental health. Uh, a lot of footballers are, are doing, I don't, you, you've probably seen the campaign where they've got images of them basically with a black eye. And it's saying, like, it's basically, I can't remember the name of the campaign, but it's basically saying that social media can have, you know, it might not be a necessary it's only a physical um, attack, but certainly has is as damaging. And um, and I put something like "great cause for this." Uh, this is a great cause. People should get behind it. Blah 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 blah. And even use that against me. And you know, and I just think there are there does maybe need to be a bigger support network out there for people in these roles because you know I have you're right I've had no training here or oh, I, I was reasonably you know reasonably shy lad growing up went changed a little bit when I went to university but up to that point never really likes the attention you know, I'm the sort of guy who'll go to a party and I'll chat to people and I'll be sociable but I won't be the guy you know standing on the table and you know <laughs> pouring drinks down my throat singing songs you know I'm not that type of person so so then suddenly being a, in, a, in the limelight where all these people want to make a comment on you i wasn't trained or prepared for that and i never saw it getting this big either so there's been times where i have felt very very alone and i've said to myself you know i'll be i'll be on my phone at two in the morning three in the morning and i'd have to get out for work at six and i'd be like what am i doing i've got three hours to get to sleep here mm. and then when you put the phone down eventually you, you can't um you can't stop thinking about it you know when you were in the olden days i guess when you were bullied at school or whatever, I mean, thankfully I never experienced that, but looking at other people that have, you'd never completely leave it behind at the, at the school gate because you'd always be thinking about it, it'd always be there, but the person wasn't in your ear at night saying it to you. You had yeah. the memories of it, but they weren't saying more and more and more and more and more in your ear every minute, but that is what social media is. It's like an extension of that sort of bullying from the school ground, and it's constant. You just can't get away from it. And, you know, as I said, I don't want to make this all negative about social media. It's been brilliant for me, really given me a platform to do things I've never been able to do um, if I hadn't had it. But I do think there needs to be a more uh, sort of checks you know on twitter i've got this one guy that will abuse me really personally i'll block him and then he'll come back with literally with the same name but with a different number after it and then he'll do really? it again and then i'll block him yeah and then the same guy name same name different number after it and no matter how many times i block them they'll start the same account up every every two or three I mean, weeks you know this is a problem because you think of someone like that and you think there, there is, it's hard to sympathise with him because he's putting so much energy into abusing you. Yeah. Part of me does because that is behaviour that, to me, suggests some pretty severe yeah. mental health issues at play. Yes. So for you to show that amount of 
doggedness to, to to focusing on one person who you don't like, but you, you also you don't know. That's you know this is you, you know the thing is it social media is sometimes it's just a complete hell pit of all sorts of different mental health issues and and I would say that a lot of the people who are going such lengths to abuse you are the ones with the real mental health issues here mm, which 100%. is which is a shame for them ultimately yeah. it's, it's hard to sympathize when you're on the end of the abuse but it's a real shame for them I think exactly you know, mate I've reached out to them before I've said to them listen mate I'm not patronizing you I'm not trying to wind you up here I'm not being nasty but you've clearly got something wrong with you here you know you need to you, you're mentally not in a good place to want to be this dedicated to abusing someone you don't know like you know I'm actually going to try and be a decent bloke here and suggest that you go and speak to someone or talk to me about what the other issues are that make yeah. you feel like you need to do this yeah the anger yeah the exactly. anger Exactly. that people feel and exactly. i often think it seems like perhaps there's a loneliness too yes yes 100 you'd have to be lonely to spend that amount of time targeting you know trying to sort of almost get attention from straight from a stranger which is effectively yeah. what what's going on i think the most powerful thing though mate is to normalize conversations like this no exactly. you're not hurting anyone with what you put out there it might not be to everyone's taste some people might disagree with what you do. Yeah, and that's yeah. fine too. It's fine, it's, mate. It's just you don't have to give people shit. And that's something we all need to fucking remind ourselves of a bit more. Because 100%. even for blokes like us, who, who are hardly snowflakes, I would say, yeah. it's fucking, it is very simply, it is fucking horrible. Exactly, and until mate. you've been on the other end of it, you don't know how horrible it is. Exactly. And I, and I think you make a very good point there where you say, you know, people might not like what I do. And I accept that. And what I do isn't everyone's cup of tea. You know, I put stuff out in the public eye news. That I've heard about the club that some people think perhaps at times should stay in, inside and shouldn't mm. be revealed. I accept that. I don't think I'm any different to a journalist or anyone like that. I see myself as the same. And I think with social media and with agents and stuff, the, the football world is a lot more open in the public domain now. So I think that opinion's wrong, but they're, they're, they're entitled to that opinion. And I'll, I'll sit there and I'll have that debate with people reasonably. I've said to people where they've been going on at me, let's meet, let's go for a drink. You can tell me your opinion. I'll mm. tell you my opinion and your opinion you know is as equal as mine if it's done in the right way but the key point as as you said there sam is that is is not to go on so personal and so relentless and so derogatory about someone and what they do is it is fine to have a disagreement of opinions or a disagreement of i guess ethics sometimes but to actually be that horrible to target someone that personally over and over again people have to question themselves if they're prepared to do that i think they're not in a good place you know and and i would advise everyone to just take a breather and go for a walk <laughs> do you know what i mean the next yeah. time they feel compelled to have a go at someone anyone online do you, do you know the ironic thing as well, though, which I, uh, with some of the people that I found out were trolling me, um, I found out one of them was a policeman. Um, when, I, when I managed to find out, another one was a, and still is, is a commentator on BT Sports. Wow. Um, and and, uh, and uh, these are quite, you know, people that are in the sort of limelight themselves. You know, particularly a policeman or a commentator of BT Sports, they're going to get criticisms for what they do as mm. well because they're, you know, everyone likes a pop at the police and any uh, commentator, they get a lot of stick too. And I was looking at the 
and thinking, you know, I actually found out and I questioned them both. So, you know, I said, why are you doing this? You know, you you know that because um, they'd done it on anonymous accounts and both of them yeah. had mucked up, both had mucked up and I'd managed to work out who they were because they <laughs> sent, they'd sent me a message where they'd been switching between the two accounts. They accidentally right. switched, um, yeah. sent me one on their personal one. And, um, and I... Um, and I said to and I said to him, "Why are you doing this?" And they, and they couldn't explain it. And then one of them, the policeman, because I, I went a bit once I realised who he was, I went, I, I got a bit of revenge on him. I'll be honest. I said to him, "Right, I'm going to call your um, your whatever you call it, department so, yeah. or yeah, your office station, whatever. I'm yeah. going to call them your supervisor. I'm going to speak to them, and I'm going to tell them you are a police officer and you are doing this." And he got really panicky. His wife came on the phone to me uh-huh. and pleaded with me not to do uh-huh. it. And I, <laughs> I went down the whole route of, you know, we've got kids to support, blah, 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 blah. He can't lose his job. And I was never going to do that because I'm not that type of person. No. But I pushed it. I pushed it to the point where he really had to think about himself. And the same with the BT commentator. I said to him, right, you know that my connections are in football. So let me just list some of the people that I know connected to you. And I went through his tweets and I found out where he'd been abusing, you know, players that were on commentators on BT Sports or wow. presenters. And I wow. said, look, look what you said about your colleagues all i need to do is release all of this and <laughs> your reputation completely ruined and i never did it to either of them but i pushed it to that point and i said to them why are you doing this to me and they both admitted that it was it was a jealousy thing that um the the guy the police officer was a big west ham fan and didn't like the sort of influence i had in west ham opinions and the mm. bt sports commentator didn't like the fact that he'd spent the whole of his career training to be a journalist training to be in sports sports yeah. uh, media and stuff yeah i had much more sort of following and much more yeah. clout than him and again yeah. if you've got those jealousy issues my motivation if i'm ever jealous of someone and thankfully i don't think it's a trait i often have but if i am ever jealous of someone i try to use that jealousy to inspire myself to be better at what yeah. i'm doing to get there and i think mm. these people if you're feeling that jealousy towards someone need to think rather than channeling it at that one person that you're jealous of let's see how you can channel it to improve what your situation is but i tell you what mate we'll wrap up now but one thing that you've made me think uh, telling me that that is fascinating that you sort of effectively hunted down and Mm. confronted your own trolls one thing i'd love to do but i doubt i'd ever be able to is to interview a troll on this show because it's fascinating that you actually spoke to them and you pushed them Mm. to the extent that they opened up to you because that in itself it's a mental health podcast we've talked about being the victims of trolls but the psychology and the mental health of a troll themselves is really interesting, number one. And second of all, like anyone with any mental health problem, it deserves a little bit of um, compassion and understanding, I think, as well, doesn't it? Which is obviously, I mean, I I would say at the end here as well, is that people should know um, that that in your career, your other career, you know, you worked, I mean, I'm not giving away to actually worked with young people, you would have, you know, so you would have had training and understanding about dealing with people or helping people who are vulnerable, presumably. hundred percent, mate. My, my job, my previous role, I worked, you know, I was in education, high up in education. I worked in a role where I was supporting very vulnerable families, very vulnerable children, very vulnerable um, people um, that had been through all sorts of stuff. And, and my, my career, my motivation was always to try and, you know, do things to make life better for them. That was my, you know, if, if anyone that was employed by me or 
worked alongside me was to say my characteristics it was that to try and, and I'm not saying it to big myself up I'm just saying it to give a context to the situation was to try and you know improve the situation for these people so I can sympathise with people that are going through difficult times and I'm never one to sit here and think you know I'll look at those poor people and you know not try and help them and my whole of mindset is to try and help people out and want them to be able to do things and get better and do things for themselves and I think what you said about interviewing a, a troll would be it would be absolutely fascinating and do you know what Sam I promise you next time I get it which will be today because it's that <laughs> frequent I will yeah. say to a troll listen I've just done a podcast with Sam Delaney really enjoyed it talking about yeah. mental health issues we discussed the issue of a troll what a troll's mindset is will you go on that show I'm, uh, I'm pretty Pretty sure no one will, but yeah, I put, so I they'll go quiet then and yeah, exactly. into their shell. Exactly. But honestly, I'd do, I'd do it anonymously. I'd, I'd allow them to be anonymous because yeah. you'd have to. Uh, yeah. But I'm, I'm grateful, and I think it's a, I think it's a good reflection on, on you as a character that you that you've got for it. Because I know I wouldn't have done, and a lot of other people wouldn't have done. Um, so I hope it, it gets easier. I hope the trolls back off, <laughs> yeah. and, and I hope you know you continue to flourish in what you're doing because you're doing a great great job. Oh, thank you, mate, and thank you for giving me the opportunity to come on this show. I think you know what you're doing, talking about these issues, like today, where it probably hasn't been spoke about that commonly in mm. in public forums. I think it's really great that you tackle this so openly and talk about your own challenges that you've had over the years and, and relate it to the guests as well. And I think that the, the sorts of shows are so important going forward for the mental health of a of a future you know generation, I, I guess. And yeah. so, yeah, well done on all, all you're doing as well, and thank you. For give me the opportunity to come on cheers x all the best mate there you go xwhu employee who if you happen to be interested in west ham news and opinion pretty niche i know but hey it's the sort of thing that rings my bells then why not check him out on twitter or on his website westhamway.com if you're liking the pod please share it on your socials and tell your mates and subscribe also to the newsletter at sandelaney.substack.com you can also upgrade to club reset which gives you access to a new weekly podcast in which me and my co-host dan foley chat over a mix of mental health topics with some friendly mates and experts give it a go until next time gang thanks for listening be lucky And don't let the dickheads get you down.